0: Financial Residency is proud to bring you Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. Each week, Tammy Kraus explores a new topic related to achieving financial independence by building and protecting your wealth. She invites guests who are experts in their fields who will share honest and valuable advice on a variety of topics. If you have an idea for a podcast, please email Tammy, that's T-A-M-M-Y, at financialresidency.com. Now grab your front row seat to this week's Grand Rounds.
1: Hi, and welcome back to Grand Rounds. Planning for the future, building wealth, putting the kids through school, retirement, these are all things that keep us up late at night. But today, I wanted to welcome fellow podcast host, Dr. Latifa Akintande. And she's going to share some of her knowledge and experience with us. She is the podcast host of Money Fit MD. Welcome to the show, Latifa.
0: Thank you for having me. It's truly been a pleasure and delight to be here chatting with you and getting to know you a little bit more.
1: I know. I've already had so much fun talking to you before the show. We should have been recording that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll have some stuff for them, I think. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so I understand that you're actually writing a book that's coming out soon. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Absolutely. For those that I haven't met, I'm Dr. Latifat. I'm a physician, GI doc, mama of three little ladies that keep me alert and oriented times 1.5 for the most <laughs> part. And like Tammy just said, I am releasing on my first book, which is called Done With Broke. It's going to be released May 2nd. So I'm really excited about that. It also happens to be my birthday. So it's going to be a big, big day. It's crazy. But I'm really excited that this book gets to meet the world. And the reason why is, you know, my journey in medicine has been one that I'm really grateful for. My journey through money is also one that I'm grateful for. But I didn't start out knowing anything about any of this topic. I didn't start knowing anything about money. I didn't start knowing anything about being a physician. But about seven or so years ago was when I realized that, okay, Latifat, look at how medicine is. There is increased burnout that's going on in medicine. And I love what I do. I love being a GI doctor. I truly love it. I have a focus on inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's and colitis, and it gives me life <laughs> to do what I do in medicine. But I'm so glad that I kind of had this premonition of what my future would look like if I didn't figure out my finances. And what that looked like was that I was going to lose the passion that I had in medicine. I was going to not love what I did in GI if I did not have a choice in how I practice medicine. And for me, at that point, I knew I was going to have a focus on inflammatory diseases, which is best done in an academic setting or a large hospital system. So I chose to work for Kaiser, which I love. I love my patient population. However, I knew that by being employed, I was going to have to answer to someone else, which I knew was going to increase my chance of burnout. So I pretty much set up my life in a way that would help me love medicine for the long haul by realizing that I had to get my money crap together. So seven years ago was when I literally started from scratch. Like, what is money? What is a budget? I hate budgeting. What is spreadsheets? I hate spreadsheets. What's (laughs) the 401k? I still don't remember kind of deal, right? And I had to learn about money myself. I had to learn how to do things like understanding where my money is going, understanding the basics of the stock market, understanding how to diversify outside of the stock market. And I thought I was the only person that was struggling with that knowledge. I didn't know that there's a bunch of us that didn't know anything about money. So here I was like out on the streets trying to figure out my money stuff. And one thing about us as physicians is we're such big givers by nature that when we find something great, we want to tell everybody about it. So for me, when I figured out how to learn money in a way that was a little unconventional, I wanted to tell all my friends and my family about it. So that's what I did. I was like, you don't have to do a budget. Just figure out a spending plan. Like Don't focus so much on your savings. Just make sure you invest. And so I started doing things and it was successful. And then I became the go-to person for the people around me that didn't understand money. They're like, "Atifa, you know how to explain this. Can you explain why this works, how this works? So I just started doing it. Again, I'm minding my own business, doing clinical medicine. And essentially what ended up happening was I was starting to help humans with this. And it wasn't until the pandemic actually started that I was like, okay, everybody and their mama was freaking out about money. Even my colleagues at work were freaking Mm -hmm. out about money and I wasn't at all. And what that meant was I could have the gift of focusing on the mental health of my children, taking care of my parents and all these other things that money becomes tools in, but is separate for money. And that's when I realized that, okay, this is something that I want to share with more people. And that's how my journey to money started in terms of like teaching others about money. And then the book kind of came about after that, which is now what is coming out as Done With Broke.
1: I bet you are so excited to have that hitting the shelves here pretty soon. When you You were on your journey to learn about this, did you mm -hmm. do it through mostly books or reach out to financial planners or where did you even start? I kind of did everything because I didn't know
0: where to start either. And there weren't too many people talking about money then, like as much as we have now, which I'm grateful for. But I essentially would go on Google and go, what is a budget? How do I budget? Literally Googling to the basic, I'm like, I don't like this. You know, and I still don't love math. And that's how I started. And then I started reading books, things like, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the classic. The White Coat Investor was also really helpful in my journey Mm -hmm. at the beginning. So I just got fragmented, And that's one thing that, you know, as physicians, we're actually more skilled and set to succeed in money than we think. And the reason why I talk say that is when I look at medicine and the spaces that we've had to learn how to be a doctor, the spaces we've learned how to do physical examination. There were things about those communities that we loved and there were some that we didn't quite love. And we learned to take the best part and created our own style of how to be a physician and how to examine and bedside manners and all that. And the same is true for money. So I ended up learning from a bunch of other sources. I even became a certified life coach. Like I literally went through life coach training because I'm like, okay, money seems to not be about the numbers. It seems to be about all this other stuff that we're not talking about. So I actually went and did that. And now it's how I've been able to equip myself and help myself, but also help other women physicians as
1: well. That is amazing. So where are you going with the book? What kind of things are you going to cover? The way the book starts out, it's funny, I wrote
0: the book for the version of me, like myself a couple of years ago, which was myself that thought money was maybe a little hard to do, myself that didn't quite see how I could do money without becoming a PhD in math. So what the book starts out with is what I believe a typical physician story is, this arrival fallacy, right? We've gone through training forever, we've done all this stuff forever, and we're thinking, that at the end of that journey, we'll be able to pursue our desires, which is to take care of patients. And in exchange for that, we'll be able to get paid well so that we would be able to have money, would not have to worry about money. I'm going to take care of my patients and never have to worry about money. And what I found was that's a fallacy because I'm going to take care of patients doesn't mean that I'm not going to have to worry about money. In fact, there are significant percentage of physicians worry about money What I had to learn was that we have to actually take money as a different skill set that we now want to learn. And the same way we've learned to be fluent in the medical terminologies and how to be a physician, now money just becomes the next topic that we need to focus on. The good thing is we've refined our brains through the practice of medicine and learning really hard things. So those same skill sets can now come into conversation with money. In the book, I cover things like our money story Like learning that we all have a money story that we've inherited from our families and our communities, either by being actively taught or by learning. Even in the field of medicine, right, we go through training in academic centers and money is somewhat like demonized. It's like you cannot care about humans and care about money as if those two things cannot go together. So part of the first thing I talk about in the book is how to recognize that you have a money story. And now how to go from recognizing that to now learning that you can actually change your money story. Mm -hmm. And so we cover things like, you know, spending plan, how to stop hyper focusing on saving, because I literally cannot tell you how many doctors I talk about that. We hyper focus on saving. I see we think that saving is how we're going to create wealth. And what I talk about in the book is saving is part of the process towards, but the goal of saving is not to save for the sake of saving, but to now have buckets that we can now take and unleash and be able to invest. Because saving is not what helps you create wealth, investing is what helps you create wealth. So those are some of the core pillars that we talk about in the book.
1: I really enjoyed our conversation before the show. We were talking about how money isn't the be-all end-all. You know, it's not about how much money you can have in the bucket when you die. It's really about being able to use that money to give your life purpose and freedom and live now and not just plan to live when you're 65 years old. That just really stuck with me in getting to know you today.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, it's my philosophy about money and I truly believe that there's a lot of miseducation about money. I have the privilege of talking to a lot of physicians, a lot of non-physicians throughout the spectrum of money and wealth. I am in communities where big numbers are talked about. And I can tell you from that perspective that it's not all about the cash. Like there are people that will have more money than I do, which is fine, whatever, but may not have the freedom through which I choose to live my life and purpose. And I believe that it's because there's a lot of miseducation. Again, arrival fallacy that when I get to this number, when I get to this FI number, this financial independence number, then finally I can start to live my life. And I hope you and I have a really, really long life, but none of that is guaranteed. And the key is not about one or the other. It's about having both. I'm not saying like you're low to the point of like your 65-year-old self is like broke and cursing you out. And I'm not (laughs) talking about like not living your life with purpose and enjoying life, it's both. And I actually have a terminology that I like to use. I call it the financial liberation is what it's about. It's having money and creating money in a way that correlates to the greatness that we're meant to live in this world. And it, you know, it's gonna be funny, but if you're a psychiatrist, I do not need a psychiatrist today. So I'm not hallucinating, but here's how I think about it. I think about my life as this long life that I'm, you know, God willing gonna have. And I think at every stage of my life, there's a vision, there's a version of myself that I'm passing the baton to at every step of the way. So my job at this point of my life, I'm going to be turning 39, May 2nd. And I believe that my goal and my job at this point is to live life well for the 39 year old version of me whose hips still work, whose joints still works and who sleeps well at night, right? And the goal now is to live life well for us today. Me and my future version, I'm representing us right now, but also create a financial life. When I pass them the baton, there's already foundation of money and investment that's in place so that my future version, my 45-year-old version, my 50-year-old, my 65, my 80-year-old version will still be able to live a life with purpose and unpurposed knowing that Latifat from 20 years ago, 30 years ago has set the stage for them. But also Latifah from years ago has lived life well for them, right? So they can thank me and go like, Latifa, thank you very much for having all those memories of us walking down the river at whatever time of the day, for traveling with the kids, for taking sabbatical. And now we get to now serve a higher purpose. But that doesn't happen by being stuck in money. That happens by knowing how to do the foundations that I talk about in the book and on the podcast, but also now living life in liberation and understanding that money is a tool that is a gift for us to live. You step the foundation and then you live your life. So it's not like your money or your life. It becomes the money and your life. That's my principle about it.
1: Are you comfortable sharing with the audience what this financial freedom means to you at this particular time, like what you're doing with your job, what you're doing with your children, all those plans that you have coming up? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And this is my hope. And this is like my North Star. And it's going to sound funny to you, but it may sound funny. I don't know. But I'm a GI doc. So I talk about like butts and guts all the time. Right.
1: (laughs) I love butts (laughs) and guts. All right.
0: Fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. If you don't like that, then maybe this is not the episode for you or the podcast for you. Not my podcast, but not also be the podcast for you because I talk about guts and stuff, right? <laughs> but the whole idea behind it is I call it like, you know how you're like sit down in a chair and you can be uncomfortable and sit down with like one butt chick? <laughs> the way that I think about it is you're sitting down with two butt chicks. Two butt chicks is like a groundedness, right? Assuredness, a certainty, a kindness, a having your own backness, right? And with every season of life, that's my goal. That's always going to be my north. So I want to live life with two butt cheeks. So when I'm serving my patients, I want to do that with two butt cheeks. And I'm so grateful that I did that. And I will continue to do that in the next season of my life. I know that for certain because I love what I do. But up until a week before we doing this interview, I was working near full-time 0.8 FTE as a GI doc. Loved what I did. Still love what I do. And what I decided was a couple of months, about six months before then, my husband and I decided that we wanted to take some time off, we wanted to do a sabbatical, a year off with our family, which meant that we wanted to travel, we wanted to travel the world. And so that's what we're doing right now. We're going to be homeschooling our kids. We'll be traveling to about 10. I think we have about between 12 to 15 countries on the itinerary. You know, I'll be doing the podcast. And the reason for that is just to ask ourselves, what is sitting down with two butt cheeks going to look like in the next season of our lives? while we live this life now. So we're going to be on a sabbatical and, you know, praying, spending time in nature, just giving to each other and just deciding, living our life with purpose. And the beauty of that is I have zero guilt about taking this time off, which I'm grateful for. And I believe that guilt is completely useless. And I'm saying this because I think it's important. And I think it's important because before I started my journey of entrepreneurship, And being on the pod and having my podcast and doing the money community that I have this fallacy, which I believe a lot of people have, which is if physicians, and this is the mark of an abuser in any relationship, if physicians are financially free, if physicians have other skills, they're not going to want to be physicians again. This is the same as someone in a two person relationship saying that if my spouse is free, of themselves, If they can think for themselves, they're not going to want to be in this relationship. And I think that's like the mark of an abuser. Mm-hmm. Because true freedom exists when you know that you have the choice to be anywhere else and you choose to be here. That's true. where beauty lies. And that is what I believe physicians are going to need in order for us to be well in medicine, for us to be able to practice medic- medicine with two butt chicks. And part of that is for me, that meant like saying things like shit with my patients all the time. They're like, doc, I'm like, yeah, the shit sucks. And they light up and they're like, oh my goodness, I agree. And they're able to tell me things that they're not going to tell anybody else. I'm able to be there for them. And honestly, like when I think about my career in medicine, I just rounded up in March. The month of March was me seeing a lot of my old patients in follow-up. And it was the, one of the best months ever because I got to experience just receiving from them. The gratitude that they have for me being their physician, I literally had patients crying in clinic every single day. Every single day. Like my nurses are like your patients are distraught. Not because I'm the best physician that exists, but I'm the best physician as best as I can for the patients that I'm meant to serve. And that is the gift of having your money shit figured out. You're not practicing afraid of admin. You're not practicing afraid of your patient satisfaction score because when you are afraid of that, you're not gonna be practicing medicine with two butt cheeks. You're not gonna be honest. You're not gonna be free. You're not gonna show kindness. You're not gonna be able to cry with your patients because you're like, oh my goodness, they're gonna just I don't care what they think about me. In fact, late last year I got an award at work where they had like patients and physicians give awards to physicians and I was one of the physicians that was chosen for that award. And we were asked why we think we were there. And I told them out there because I say shit with my patients all day. And they laughed because they thought it was a joke. It wasn't a joke. It's the truth. But that is what happens when you're practicing medicine from the perspective of who you are, who you're meant to be, not from the watered down or covered up or fear of consequences part that a lot of us show up at as in clinic. And if we are going to fix medicine, we have to show up in our authentic selves. And it's a little bit easier to be authentic when you have your money issue sorted out. And so that's the gift that I wish and I hope every person listening to your podcast, whether they're physicians or pharmacists or whatever, that's the gift that I hope they will give themselves because it's a gift to the world as well.
1: I think you are so eloquent and well spoken and you are able to verbalize all of the things that I feel that I've never been able to put into words. I just, I love talking to you. (laughs) You're fascinating. Thank you.
0: you. No, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for what you do. I mean, I obviously love your stuff. That's why I'm here. Otherwise, (laughs) I would not be here. I
1: think you're (laughs) right, though. If you can actually be yourself, go to work every day and be the person who you really are, and you're not trying to put on airs, you're not trying to be who administration wants you to be, you're not trying to be anybody else, but who you are, that's the first step to overcoming burnout. You're absolutely right.
0: Yes. And how we are going to change medicine? Right. right. How many times do physicians witness things that we don't agree with? And it's not conscious because consciously we're amazing people. We sacrificed our 20s and 30s to be here. But subconsciously, when you know that next month's paycheck may affect not just your rent or your mortgage, but your kids' potential sense of safety, you're like, hold it in. It's normal behavior. It's normal human behavior. So what we're saying here is if you can figure out that money stuff, if you can invest in your own future by doing that, you're doing more than investing in your future. You're investing in your longevity in medicine or outside of medicine. You're investing in your longevity in purpose because that's what we say medicine is. We say we're called to be physicians. So if we truly want to stay called into being a physician, it's near impossible to do that without figuring out your money stuff.
1: True we were talking before the show a little bit just about burnout. And, you know, I was sharing with you that I actually was able to go part-time in August. I was so burned out from COVID. Watching the last, you know, two and a half, three years of death and loneliness and all of that was just killing me inside. And I was able to go part-time and I love it again. I love my patients. I love my practice. I love my partners. Even administration is great. I mean, I just... I'm in such a better place now. And it's because of the financial freedom and planning and putting all those things together that you talk about and what you're writing about in your book. So right on.
0: Congratulations. Congratulations on doing that. Right. A lot of times we focus so much. And that's my thing with and nothing wrong with financial independence. Right. It's Mm a I keep track of that number as well. I just hold it a little bit looser than most. Mm -hmm. I know that I've set the foundation. And F.I. is inevitable in the short term for me, like inevitable, right? Sure. But the key, though, is what you've said now is the gift that I wish we could all give ourselves. And the mm-hmm. thing is, it's not even hard to do. It just takes intentionality and setting things up. I mean, it's easier than everything we do in clinical medicine. So now imagine if more physicians had this, more physicians had this earlier in their career, mm-hmm. we would literally change medicine because then we would start to solve the real problems that exist in medicine. We would like, not be afraid to walk. If we have to walk, would not be afraid to advocate for our patients, right? We would not be able to, like, not be afraid to advocate for ourselves. And that's what it's going to take to change medicine, to decrease this burnout. Like, burnout is multifactorial. And I want to make sure that those that are listening don't think, like, oh, there is any blame or whatever. But with everything, there are two sides to it. There's the external and the internal what we know we have power over is the internal. If we can fix this part, I believe it's going to decrease burnout significantly. And then we'll be able to help even more physicians by taking on systemic issues that needs to help change in order for us to be well as a community.
1: Can you talk a little bit more about your podcast, Money Fit MD, and the things that you address there? Absolutely. So with Money
0: Fit MD, I always talk about The goal is to help you build wealth from the inside out. And because I think wealth starts with an internal job, actually, to be honest with you. It starts (laughs) internal. And when you do the internal job, you move some things in the foundation of the external. And before you know it, you will be wealthy, feel wealthy, feel wealthy even before you have the numbers. And then the numbers become inevitable. So I talk about all things money and especially mindset which was the missing piece that I believe when I started money, I wish that existed. I didn't hear anything about the mindset, our thoughts, our mentality, our habits around wealth. I just thought I had to have enough financial education, almost like the extent of medical education, before I could do money. But there is more to it than just the numbers. And those are the things that we talk about do solo episodes, I bring guests in just like this. And I'm hoping that you will be able to join me on my podcast and talk about the power of working part-time. I truly think that's something that my audience would love to hear about. But yeah, you can find us on all the platforms where you listen to podcasts, but it's the Money Feed MD podcast, all about money and mindset, especially for women physicians.
1: Love it. And where are we going to find your book?
0: So if you're listening to this after May 2nd, go on Amazon and find Done With Broke. Or you can also go to my website, moneyfitmd.com, and I will have a link there to the book because I told you the book is coming out on my birthday, and I'm going to have a five-day event. It's going to be fun. It's going to be educational. It's how I like to do money. I like to do it fun and enjoyable. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be enjoyable, and I'm going to have women physicians sharing about the importance of women breaking the mold and how money is a tool in helping women break the mold. So yes, check us out. But you can find more information on my website at moneyfitmd.com.
1: I love it. Dr. LaDefat, thank you so much for being on the show today. You're just an inspiration. You're beautiful. You're well-spoken and eloquent. And I hope that this sabbatical that you're about to take is the most amazing thing in your life.
0: Thank you. Thank you for what you do. It takes a village, right? It takes all of us speaking to our people in the languages that our people understand. And so people like you that do what you do is a huge deal in this. And so thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for investing and living by example, really with the way that you do things. So thank you for that. Thank
1: you. Well, I hope you will all tune in again next week for Grand Rounds.